Hey Palmetto Shores and welcome back to our small group resources. Today we're continuing in uh, the book of Daniel in chapter 4 and the sermon text for this week is Psalm 87. Uh, so we'll be continuing in Daniel and reading through this narrative and I hope you've been enjoying it so far and have had some great discussions in your groups. Um, last week, if you remember, we looked at Daniel 3 and it was his three friends, uh, the three friends of Daniel, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, and then being saved from the fire furnace uh, that being cast into because of their obedience to following God's word and not uh, man's. And so today we'll be uh, looking at yet another dream of King Nebuchadnezzar and just the foreshadowing of his life in that. So as we start off, it's interesting to note that at the beginning of this passage, it actually sounds pretty familiar to some of the introductions you see in the New Testament especially Pauline letters. Um, in uh, verses one, two, 1 through 2, it says, King Nebuchadnezzar, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. It has seemed good to me to show you this, to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God, Most High God has done for me. So we get King Nebuchadnezzar here addressing all the people, all the languages, all the nations, um, and... It just sounds something very similar to what Paul would say in the New Testament. So um, this is King Nebuchadnezzar's account of uh, his experience in knowing who this Most High God is. And uh, so we have King Nebuchadnezzar. He's addressing all these people, uh, sharing a testimony of who this Most High God is. And in verse 3, acknowledges that God's kingdom is the everlasting kingdom, uh, one that will remain through eternity and it's not temp temporal like the fate of his own kingdom that he's established. And so we get into uh, the passage starting in verse 4. Um, I won't be reading the entirety of the passage today because it is pretty lengthy, but I will be pulling out a few pieces that are important to the progression of this narrative. And so you would think by now that after the experiences that King Nebuchadnezzar has had, that his first response would be to call on God's people uh, when he's looking for a dream to be interpreted. Uh, but instead, we see in verses 6 through 7, it says, So I made a decree that all the wise men of Babylon should be brought before me, that they might make known to me the interpretation of their dream. Then the magicians and the enchanters and the Chaldeans and the astrologers came in, and I told them the dream, but they could not make known to me its interpretation. And so he's called on his own people again first, uh, his own, uh, what he's used to. Uh, he, no one that he called in could interpret the dream for him or give him the answers he wanted. So as a last resort, in verse 8, he called on Daniel. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar still hadn't quite put together, though, that Daniel's God was different from just another God out of the list. Um, to, to Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel's God was just another God um, that he could pull resources from. And he hadn't completely surrendered over to following the one true God, but he was still believing that his gods and his kingdom were superior than that of the Most High God. And we flash forward a little bit to the middle of the passage uh, where Daniel has heard the dream and he's ready to interpret it. And verse 19 says that Daniel was dismayed for a while, and King Nebuchadnezzar encourages him to not be alarmed by it, but to share it with him. And Nebuchadnezzar had a special trust with Daniel because he knew he could rely on his word to be true. Uh, he knew there was something different about Daniel's, uh, his loyalty to Nebuchadnezzar and the word that he spoke because it was true. 
And so when we are true to God's word, there's no room for us to build our own kingdom or our own reputation. God's reputation speaks for himself, and we get to reflect that in our lives and that we love others and sharing his truth as well. And so as Daniel did just that, he didn't tiptoe around the interpretation when he addressed Nebuchadnezzar, but he said uh, that he is the great tree and that he is the one that's become strong and that if he doesn't humble himself before the Most High God, he will be humbled forcibly. So jump again a little further um, as we see after Daniel has interpreted a dream for him, 12 months later, picking up in verse 28, it says, All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. And the king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence, and for the glory of my own majesty? While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, the king the kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and you shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and seven periods of time shall pass over you until you know that the most high God or until you know that the most high rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. Immediately the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair grew long as eagle's feathers and his nails were like bird's claws. So why did God wait for 12 months to have this judgment come up for Nebuchadnezzar? Uh, God was gracious and gave him the opportunity to repent and humble himself, yet he didn't. Uh, so is there any area in your life that you need to repent of? Uh, when Jesus died and ascended into heaven, God could have come back and um, easily and quickly restored everything back to himself. But here we are today, and each day we're given a choice to follow God or we can follow man. We can choose God's kingdom or we can choose our own kingdom or man's kingdom. We can live in the freedom and be spared from the judgment that will ultimately come upon all those who don't repent by acknowledging that we are a part of God's kingdom and not our own. So is there anywhere in your own heart that you're holding on to or need to give over? Uh, all of our sin is equally bad in the eyes of God. And the moment that we think we're greater or deserve any more great or deserve more than the grace that God has given us through Jesus is the moment we have to repent and acknowledge that it's not our kingdom come, but his alone that is sufficient and everlasting. So by the end of this passage, King Nebuchadnezzar has understood who the real and only most high God is. And uh, there's a lot to unpack in this chapter and I won't go through it all. So I'll leave y'all here with it. Um, to dig through as your group, and I uh, hope you have a great discussion, and we'll talk to you next time.